The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome to The Adventure Jogger. Jeff Stafford is over here Hello. in my kitchen. Hello, Jeff. We thought we would do a series of episodes kicking off 2022, trying to make this your best year of running 2022 is going to be your most awesome year of ultra running yet so we're going to cover a whole bunch of different topics hopefully that you get something from each one of these interviews and you're able to take your running to the next level Um, i'm very excited about this guest because we are going to talk about chasing that pr putting on some speed getting a little bit faster in 2022 Jeff Stafford. A little more endurance. Maybe a little bit of that as well. He coaches, by the way, he coaches for Team Ninja Coaching. Greg Sissengrath is our guest on this episode of The Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Greg. All right. Thanks. I'm glad to, glad to be on. Well, great to, ha- great to have you on. Uh, before we get into kind of the, the meat and potatoes of putting that speed on, helping people chase that PR. Let's get kind of your backstory a bit, Greg. How did you get into the world of ultra running? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I probably uh, came on it probably pretty close. I would imagine probably similar to a lot of people. I actually didn't like running. (laughs) I grew up up on team sports. Uh, You know, running was always a punishment. You know, you did something wrong, go run some laps. And, you know, running was always stupid. I... You know, it was just uh, the typical, I'm not going to pretend like I was a good athlete at team sports, but still had that jog mentality of I'm not, you know, I'm not going to run laps around the track or do cross country. But, uh, you know, when you get, when you get older, you have kids, then all the intramural sports or rec, rec league sports go away, friends move away, then you really don't have an outlet for, uh, for some of that, uh, that fitness that you had yeah. in the past. So yeah. I, uh, got pretty overweight. I'm only five, eight and I got up to about 185 pounds, which is a lot for, for my five, frame. eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, I started eating a little bit better playing tennis and then my wife would run around the track while we we're playing tennis. And I still thought it was stupid at the time. <laughs> and I gave it a go, like ran, I think even our neighborhood, it's just a quarter mile or maybe half a mile. And I ran, the whole time once and i remember telling hey i ran uh i ran around the the block and she goes no no you didn't and <laughs> once i just started <laughs> no, doing that 
You know, uh, again, I'm, I grew up uh, thinner and, uh, and my frame was probably pretty good for running. Yeah. But when I found it, I was like, you know what? This is not bad. And once I started actually training, and this is back when I think Nike Plus app was a thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. And yep. probably Daily Mile before Strava. And so a friend of mine that we went to college with um, found out I started running. Hey, we should sign up for a half marathon. I was like, oh, okay, let's do that. I, yeah. like, I don't even know how, how far is that. Yeah. So it was just once I got that. You know, I was hooked. We finished a, uh, at the time it was the Dallas uh, White Rock Marathon and it finished right at the uh, arena where the Mavericks play and people were watching other people run. And I was like, what? People will watch other <laughs> <What>? people run? <laughs> this, this is so weird. But I, it's just like, you. I think uh, getting that kind of high where, um, you know, you have as spectators, you know, it, at least with uh, rec league, my wife would go out and our kids would go out and watch. Yeah. But it's just uh, it was a just a little bit of juice and endorphins that I hadn't felt in a while. And after that, I was hooked, and it didn't it didn't take long before I found trails. Actually, I found trails because I got injured. You know, yeah. the typical. IT band, uh, PF injuries. So I got injured, red born to run. And after that, it was just kind of, uh, once I found trails, I, I've been all in on trails ever since, but, uh, came around finding running in a, in a different way. But since then it, it's, it's been probably the biggest part of my life. You know, it's interesting. You, you talk about growing up in team sports and running's always that punishment, right? Well, it reminds mm-hmm. me of your story, Jeff, you know, you're in the army, mm. you know, and running mm. is running is not, they don't make it fun in the army. No, the drill sergeant, not at all. you know, your sergeant's not going, Hey guys, we're going to have a fun jog no. around the barracks. This is going to be great. It's also treated as a punishment and how you found how, running later. In how life. can running be fun <laughs> when you're running with it, it's generally it's guys. Let's say, let's yeah. say 50 guys and there's four or five women in there, but you're running with 55 people say, and, but now you all have to run at this exact same cadence, the exact same pace. And you're never happy. It's too fast. It's too slow. It's too this, it's too that. It just sucked. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you, you grew up thinking like running sucks. Yeah. You hate it at that point. Yeah. And then once you kind of get out of the service, and you, and, and I will say this, early on, you were in more of, a, more of a regular army unit, but as you progressed into special operations, running's a little different when you're a special operator as well, opposed to fitness regular. becomes more of a, it's, it's your problem, you handle it on your own. You take care of yourself. Right. Did you even run at all when you were, when you got into the, the 160th and... Mm. Not much. No, what did you do for PT really. then? Did you just? I'm I'm just naturally fit. That's what it is. That's what it is. Just <laughs> naturally fit. Yeah. But no, it was funny because you you say that about finding it later on in life right. and, and how you found it later on in life as well. So you, you you do this, Greg. Back to you. You do this this running. You find trails. You read the book Born to Run. At some point, you decide, okay, I need to to preach this 
trail this dirt gospel yeah. to others and get into the world of running. What made you decide, or sorry, coaching? What made you decide to get into the world of coaching? Were you just not having enough people lie to you every day in your life? You yeah. decided, I want to have, the, I want no. people to pay no. to lie to me. I right. want to, right, exactly. <laughs> I wanted to share the pain that I was feeling. Uh, but no, it was, uh, it was just more so I, you know, I, I really went full blast. I went from first road marathon and then it was 100 mile or probably just over a year later. Yeah. And then after that, it's just, uh, obviously you guys know it's the, you know, the running community is great. Trail yes. community is just a step up. Absolutely. Yep. And the, ultra, and the ultra community, <laughs> a step above that. Exactly. So once yep. I found that, you know, I was basically all in and I was doing all the local races and then get, getting out as far as I could, um, to do, to, you know, challenge myself as much as I could. And then I think how I got into coaching was pretty organic. I wasn't, um, I wasn't planning on coaching. I didn't have any certifications. I actually still don't. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just basically someone wanted to do a 50 K that I had done. Yeah. And she was asking around, she asked a friend, it's like, Hey, well, why don't you go talk to Greg? Yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, well, yeah, I'll train you. I'm not going to charge you because I have absolutely no credentials right, and right. that would be completely, completely negligent to do that. Right. But basically I coached her for a year. You know, we worked to the first 50 K got up to a 50 miler, eventually uh, a couple hundred milers. And then after a year, it's like, you know, she would, at first uh, she would drop off a case of beer. I was like, oh, you know what? This coaching is <laughs> pretty good. You know, a coach, uh, case like of beer, I would Starbucks, do, right? a Starbucks gift card. And then at the end of the year, it was like a year in bonus where she uh, she left a uh, running warehouse gift card. Right. I was like, you know what? This is great, but this is way more than I would ever charge you right. for coaching. So uh, if we want to go forward in the next year, let's just decide on, you know, a set a set fee yeah and it was still it was still a little um rough uh rough's not the right term but uh apprehension for me because again i didn't go and get a rrca right. certification it's not at something that time. you you said you, you saw no, to do it, like, it kind uh, of found you know, doing, right it found me and then uh but once we officially did that we it kind of grew organically we're like hey i heard you're coaching I was like, yeah okay let's do it and then after a certain period, I I felt like I found my own methodology or voice. Again, not something that's super um, unique. You know, yeah. it, ultra running, it's more of a art than a science. Right. And uh, we all kind of have our own methodologies. But I'd already, it just grew. And now I went from one and right now I'm coaching about 45 athletes. Um, it's still not my, it's just a part-time right. gig. Yeah. I, I have a quote unquote real job that that pays the bills, but that's how it started, and it's really it's kind of a a a full time part time gig. Yeah. Well, great. What 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 do you think uh, draws people to go to coaching? Do you think they've is it ah, I've reached a plateau? I need I need something to push me, or or uh, you know what what what? Why do people come well, to coaching? 
I would say I hopefully it's not for uh, money <laughs> because <laughs> unless you have a huge roster and you're charging a lot of money, it's really not worth it. But I would think that anyone that's truly getting into coaching organically is to help people. And I really, that's a big piece of um, why I do. I want to, we, apart from my coaching, I also, uh, um, I, I founded a kind of a local trail running group and we host about three group runs a week. So I'm really trying to encourage people to get on the trail, even the road runners, the strictly yeah. road runners that I coach. I'm like, Hey, why don't you try some trail? Yeah. So, uh, I really would hope that you would get into just wanting to help people. Otherwise, um, you know, it's, a, I feel like it, a lot of people are coaching, especially you see elite athletes getting into it. But I think the people that have the most success are not necessarily the um, the best athletes. You know, Jim Walmsley is probably a big exception because he seems to be a pretty big student at the sport. Yeah, but yeah, just right. because you can throw down a fast time, right, doesn't mean you're exactly a good coach. I feel no. like no. Um, if you say no. if you go back to team sports, you know, you have. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, probably the worst coaches and executives in, that is <laughs> in the, the NBA. Yes. But yeah. then you have the middle of, you know, Steve Kerr, probably still a pretty, yeah. you know, relatively a really great athlete, but he's not impressive at all. But I think the middle of the pack uh, athletes where they know I'm not coaching. I have some fast folks, but I'm no. not coaching elite athletes. So. I'm coaching people that have found running late in life. People are balancing jobs, family, and trying to get in their training. So um, I think people that recognize that we're not, you know, we just can't run 100 miles a week. We kind of have to balance it around everything right. else, around lives. So, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a gifted athlete either. So um, I kind of have to work around things. So I, I think that's that's my perspective, and I think uh, not necessarily that's the only thing that makes you a good coach, but I think that's it. It's a big piece where you know it's just not talent driving you. The you know the the training, the strategy, the methodology is kind of all out there. There's tons of books. There's you know you can read Coop Coop's second edition right. and. Yeah. And you can just follow David Roche and his uh, more intuitive training. It's all out there. Um, I think you just have to find the right fit for you. And uh, I think the good coach is mostly, um, it's just mostly communication, finding what works for you. Yeah, I would, I would imagine uh, being a, quote, good coach, and I'll liken it to uh, flying. I flew helicopters for a long time and did a lot of my career as an instructor pilot, teaching people how to fly. I had an old instructor pilot that taught me yeah. when I was going through the instructor course. And he said, you know, you got to be able to uh, relate to people. There's, a, there's always the textbook answer, okay? And that'll work for, you know, probably 70, 75% of the people. But you, he said, you always want to have a minimum of three ways of explaining or teaching a particular item, subject, topic, whatever you want. And so it's got to, something's got to apply to coaching as well, I would think. Yeah, I think so. Some unique yeah. people, I'm sure that you're like, okay, he's just not grasping that or she's not getting this or. All right. I mean, right. If you, uh, if you get, say, if we talk strict marathon training, you, 
you know, that all, all that is out there. You know, we could follow Kipchoge's training. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'd all, you know, half of us would die, but we could, I could just spit that out in a super, you know, blanket, uh, plan. And then half the people would probably, if they could follow it, they would do great. Half of them would end up injured and they would, they would fall off. So, I, I I totally agree where um, it's not necessarily the most talented or even the most knowledgeable coaches. It's just being able to convey your message. Sure. And, and honestly, for me, it's holding back. You know, I had an athlete that's like, hey, I want to do this 100 miler that's four weeks away. Like, so, uh. You know what? <laughs> and she wanted to do it as training. I was like, you know what? It's, it's pretty tough. How about we do a lower, <laughs> a lower distance and just get the full training benefit that you would get without, you know, putting yourself through hell. So a lot of it's just holding, holding athletes back and being, being able to communicate the right message. Well, I think it's sometimes it's just being an objective set of eyes. Right. I think yeah. sometimes we all just need somebody in our lives that can look yeah. at things objectively because we all are emotionally connected to things and we'll see something and we'll desire something. We may not be in the right place for that at that moment and having a person who's that objective set of eyes to look at it and go like, oh, okay, well, the, okay, now I see why you're, why you're looking yeah. at it this way. I will say this. We all are an experiment of one. And I think there's things that work for us that may not work for others. There's things that work for Greg that work for some of his athletes and some that don't. So I'm, I'm hoping that in this, you're inspired by something. We're all grabbing some piece of information that we can use to change our running for the better. And I'm sure, Greg, as you kind of went on your ultra journey yourself, and we all stand on the shoulders of giants. We do. We we look at the David Roches. We look at you know, the Sage Candidate plan. We look at what, yep. what Jim Walmsley is doing. And being able to identify those patterns and to see certain workouts and being able to scale those workouts to the to to the regular runner, to the to the weekend runner. There's 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 something to be said for that. What have you seen, Greg? Like what were those workouts that for you as an athlete when you were in the ultra world, you you did these workouts, you tried this workout, and you were like, oh, well, this is giving me some benefits that I, I didn't even think of. Yeah, uh, you know, specific workouts, you know, the, the one thing that does come to mind is, uh, you know, Rob, uh, I say Rob, I don't know, Rob, Rob Carr <laughs> is, uh, Palm Rob. you know, Rob, oh, yeah, you know, Rob, you know, Rob, right? Yeah. So, uh, he has, uh, what he calls a man maker, right? Yeah. So it is, um, I'm going to get this all wrong. Cause now I just can't remember off the top of my head, but it's, uh, I think it, it's three minutes, um, at like a 7% grade. Yeah. No, it's five minutes at 7% grade. And then he'll, uh, recovery 2% at a 7% grade. But, it was just something that he did at as a benchmark, mm-hmm. and um, some, unfortunately, in Texas, we have to do it on a treadmill because we just don't have something that you can do that for six six repeats. Right. But it was a great because even though again I'm in Texas, I still like to pretend like I'm a you know a Rocky Mountain ultra athlete so i i'm still trying to do all the hard rock qualifiers and trying to get out to Colorado in the summer. So it was it was a really uh, it was a really good benchmark to see where I was at because you can 
you know, the first three or four repeats are, you know what, I can hold this pace. And then by five or six, you're like, like, not so fast. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot hold this pace. So, uh, that was a good benchmark to see where you're at. I'd love to be able to do it on one strict climb, but, uh, we just don't have that kind of climb in, in Texas. But, um, the, a workout like that was great. And, uh, at least with the athletes that I have, um, that is kind of a staple of the, the Rob Carr man maker. Just kind of that, that, that using those inclines. It's funny you bring that up because, yeah. you know, years ago, you know, I've, I've talked before in this podcast, Kyle Curtin and I have been friends for a while. He used to live here oh, yeah. in, in Clarksville and we had a, a really good friendship here and it still goes on today. And, you know, when he lived here, we would work out together. And so I remember going to the gym using one of my wife's get in free gym membership passes sure. to get Kyle into the cardio cinema. <laughs> and I think, I think they were playing, they were playing like a 300 or something in the cardio cinema. <laughs> and so he was doing this workout where he, he warmed up for like 15 minutes and then it was an hour full incline and it was hard full incline for an hour. And I mean, running hard full treadmill incline. And I tried that, and I died after about 10 minutes. <laughs> like, and we're done. Yeah. I remember like sitting there going like, well, Kyle is doing this. I can do this. But I remember yeah. at, in that failure, in getting my ass handed to me on that incline, it, it showed me a weakness that I needed to address, that I wasn't the best uphill runner. And even though maybe trying to do an hour hard on full incline was stupid, and yeah. it was. I was able to look at that and go, okay, well, I need to work something in that makes That's a, a shortcoming. Sense. Yeah, right. A little uh, make a little more a little more sense for me, because I this may be shocking. Um, after getting dropped by Kyle Curtin as a pacer right. at Western States, imagine that <laughs> I am not at the same level as him yeah. as an athlete. I know no. that's shocking. I know a lot of people were looking at Ultra Runner of the Year and going, "Where's Pluckelman falling yeah. into this?" Right? Why didn't he up mix? there? Um, no, no one, no one thought of that. Not even my mom thought of that. But so, so talk about speed work for a minute here. Something we all dread. I think as 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 runners, we get into ruts. Well, it just hurts. It does. Yep. It, it, we get into ruts, Greg. You've probably gotten into ruts before, where we yep. like to just kind of do the same thing week in and yeah. week out. Uh, Monday, I'm going to go run my five mile route. Tuesday, I'm going to go run my seven mile route, and so on. But speed work can really be a game changer if you're trying to get faster. Speed work for you. What have you found as you're coaching athletes that are middle and back of the pack trying to do things that they probably never thought was possible before? How do you get them to speed up a bit? What are those workouts that you have found that can successfully and safely add a little bit of speed to somebody? Yep. Yeah. So the easiest things to do for me are, uh, you know, obviously not everyone's going to love track work. Right. Okay. Go do your uh, your generic eight time 800s, but you can still do it on trail where, you know, we can both do it two ways where we do it unstructured. It's like, Hey, we have a, uh, urban park where we live. We have a nine mile loop and it's, it's a mix of wooded trails where it's super twisty. And then there's some open, open field sections. And what we call it, we just do open field fartleks where when you hit the open field sections, you pick up the pace yep. and you try to push it all the way around. And then when you get back into the trees, ease back into your normal trail running effort. 
And then the, for the next open field section, do it again. So you have your open field fartleks there. And then we can, uh, you know, if we want to get super specific and we just do, you know, 10 times, one minute fartleks where um, it's just all based on effort. We're not looking at pace. So just pick up the effort faster than you would typically and then full recover. So there's a couple of different ways to do it. And I think that's still, that still can be fun where, uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the full section, but Hey, run to this tree. Um, that's hard to program as a coach. Right. But <laughs> if I, if I know where they're going to be running, I was like, Hey, take a, you know, push the, push the sense, take it easy on everything else or push it on the open field. So I think there's easier way. There are fun, you know, relatively fun ways to mix in speed work um, and get that full um, polarization where you're pushing your effort and not just running in zone two, zone three. And I think that's the easiest way is just fartlets because if I tell someone like, hey, uh, oh, you need to do these track these track workouts, I, I, you know, I'm weird. If I'm not on the trail, I'm on the treadmill, and then I'm on the road. It's I'm not right, going to do payment right. unless – Unless I, uh, I've exhausted my other two options, but I think the easiest way is just to put in structured or unstructured fartleks just by time or just by run from this tree to that tree or this section to that section. So fartlek for those that are that are thinking we're 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 talking dirty, you're like, man, they're really getting the the explicit rating this one. Talking about Fart. licking farts, no. So so basically warming up. You get you get your and, and let's talk about warm up for a second. I think a lot of right. people, I know myself, cut the warm up out of of the he's, of the he's workout. horrible. He does no warm-up. horrible no warm up, and so or, or a warm up is too fast. For you, what do you tell your athletes is a solid warm-up? You know, preferably, and I'm not going to pretend like I do it all the time, but I, I'm i actually a lot better at it for before long runs, before, uh, you know, we go out to the trail where I'll do, uh, you know, we'll do this all body weight, single leg deadlifts, you know, a few, a few <clears throat> squats, uh, a few uh lunges side lunges and just more dynamic mobility mm-hmm. and then i'm actually not i'm not doing a warm-up before we do the trail run but if i can do some dynamic warm-up before i even go out to the trail i think that helps a lot it you know opens up the hips engages the glutes which i think almost everyone unless they're doing specific strength training we're all kind of weak in the glutes a little bit so i we all have the most weak asses. thing to me yeah 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 we're all a bunch not, of weak yeah, asses not me yeah you know, <laughs> but yes so i think that i think the, the easiest thing to do is before you even get out the trail you know when you get out the trail you're talking you're like oh hey hey yeah. you know saying hi to everyone but i i feel like the easiest thing to do is just get that warm up before you even get out there because we're by the time we get to the trail uh to be tough I'm, we're not going to be running i'm not going to be running laps you know waiting for everyone to show up so but just starting off you start off that workout so you just we got let's say just for example 10 miles of fart licks yeah um like a two mile uh, yeah. like starting off with two miles that are just kind of getting your body used to that yeah. that running motion and i don't think we right. ever do that stuff slow enough I think everybody's always like, ah, warm up's my 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 typical pace. Right. So you get that you get those warm up miles in, and then you said structured or unstructured. And what I liked about that is, you can have it where it's okay. I'm going to do eight or ten one minute bursts of hard effort, followed by two minutes of recovery, right? Or maybe it's just simple as, you know. 
I'm gonna, I'm running this. I'm running the flat stuff. I'm I'm gonna hike right. the, the the ups or whatever. If it's one of those, one of those one of those. Uh, say, yeah, everybody, everybody's a little different. Me, for example, uh, you mentioned structured, unstructured. If you say, okay, I want you to go do some unstructured fartlek running. I mean, really random. Well, he won't do it. For, no, I'll do it. But for me, the inclination is, well, I'm gonna run the faster fartlek section on the easier part of the course. The flats or the downhill. Yeah. But so what I found what actually worked better for me, and this isn't true for everybody, is I run a structured fartlek where, let's say, you're running five minutes and then you do a minute and a half of, you know, zone three or maybe bump up into zone four heart rate. And it doesn't matter if it's uphill or downhill. You that's where you run that section. It, for me, it just works better that way. But you know, everybody's yeah, structured. Yeah. So that fart, like, and I think you can mix it up a bit too, right? Sure. Yeah. Mixing up that fart, yeah. like, right? Exactly. I think it's. I think the key is there's really no magic. You know, it's like, oh, I, I had to do my one, you know, my one minute on the hill. It's like, well, yeah. that's pretty good, right? If you're gonna push it on the hill, you you're probably getting a bigger benefit. So. Like I go back to where um, trail running is more art than science. It's not, you know, it, it it's is. not a marathon where, you know, we know that you're running this pace for this, right. then we know you can run this pace for 26.2. Trail is a little bit different. So as, as long as you're putting in the work, whether it's like, oh, I only got one minute in instead of a minute and a half. It's like, you know, it's okay. You're going to be that's, fine. That's, <laughs> It's at your hundred miler. That's where, so, as a coach, I think it's important that you know, you know your your customer, you know your runner, what you know, what how they respond. Right. So fart yep. licks are important. Work that into your life. Do Do you recommend like a like a fart lick? So you're doing that warm up and then doing that that steady that that normal pace running and then increase and putting that speed in there, working that speed, that hard effort followed by a recovery, hard effort followed by a yes. recovery, doing that. Yes that repeat over and over again, working that yeah. fart lick into. So that's an important piece of the puzzle that a lot of people leave out just running the same pace all the time as they're training. So fart lick has yeah. got to go into your... What about hills? That's a good question, Jeff. As I yeah. finish up, so everybody put fart lick into your, into your repertoire. What about hills, Greg, you know, uh, it's not, and I can't remember who said it, but, uh, I think it might've been Hal Higdon heels or speed work in disguise, yeah. yeah, which is completely true. Um, so, uh, you know, you get the dual benefit of if you're going to be doing a mountain race or any, even any, like the East coast races mm-hmm. where you've got some significant climbs, you, you need to do your heel work. But the also benefit is doing, uh, if we say we did it on a, you know, a gravel climb or a road climb, even, you know, it shortens your stride and there's actually less, there's less strain or impact on the body because, you know, you're, you're short, you're shortening your cadence yeah. and uh, you're able to, you know, push a harder effort, but lessening the impact on the body. So you get a pretty good uh benefit on your fitness with less risk so if you try to do that kind of effort on the track or even on the road you open yourself up to some uh you know especially if you're 47 
Like me? Oh no, I'm 46. <laughs> Not there yet, Greg. <laughs> okay, I got another yeah, year. I got to do, <laughs> do the math. So if you're 46 like me, if you tried to do you know interval on the road, that, that could uh, that could put some hurt on you. Thank God, but I'm 27. You, I got plenty of 27. time. 27. You've been 27 40 years. <laughs> Man, you're the youngest looking 27 year old. <laughs> Damn right. But <laughs> the man goes on one yeah. silver singles right. golf cruise and he yeah, thinks no, he's 27. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> it's all in your head. I mean, you know. Sorry. That's okay. Excuse me. The dog, the dog, is the very dog excited. knows. The dog's excited. Yeah. He, uh, he was excited to hear this, the silver singles. Uh, yeah, that's what reference. it was. We got the silver singles reference in. Another episode but, paid for. You know, I, I think the, I think the main danger, uh, is if you're just doing all your runs at the same effort Mm -hmm. and the easiest thing to incorporate is both hills because it's speed work especially for trail runners and then far lakes which is just really you know a little unstructured a little unstructured uh opening up your effort opening up your cadence because uh your hips get tight. If we're all running no. at hundred mile ultra shuffle, yeah, no, no one's growing like that. Get get his cut on what we have just recently started. Okay, so we had a great guest on a couple of months ago, Victor Valenzuela, and he oh, yeah. did Brazos Bend. Yeah, he dragged in the tire yeah. for a hundred miles. And after talking to Victor, like seriously, we hung up with Victor. And then um, we went on on trailtoes.com and we ordered, yeah, ordered. The, the tire pulling uh, belt. We'd had yeah. a couple of beers and I'm like, oh, I'll buy it for oh, both we're of good. Us. And so I, I ordered it. My wife is like, how much are those things? I'm like, don't ask questions. You don't want the answer. <laughs> and so the belts came in and then we needed a tire. I had the tires. Right. Jeff had the tires because Jeff is restoring a 1964 Mercury Meteor. Oh, wow. And he needs to get some new tires for it. So we took the old tires off the Meteor. Drilled so, holes in them. Drilled holes in them, and we hooked it up. We've just started this week uh, getting all that together. We've started doing just dragging the tire. And, and right. We, we st- might have went a little overboard. Uh, we, we, well, yeah. well, first we, of all. Did you start with the SUV tire? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a 14-inch, 24-pound 24, 24 tire. Yeah, they're 24-pound the tire. 24-pound tire. So, so we, we ran on uh, earlier this week, and then we're like, we're going to go pretty just, hard just do a regular that. run, and then we're going to. Go to the car, strap on the tire, and we're just going to try it for a mile. Only a mile. Let me tell you. <laughs> if you want distance to seem like forever, if Woo. you want time to slow down. To almost stop. To where, yeah, where exactly. Try dragging a tire. Holy cow, was that a workout that running. I had yeah. never... Like, we were running, dragging yeah. that tire for a mile. That was a workout that I didn't expect. You feel muscles working you never felt before. You're like, whoa. Yeah. And I wonder I wonder if there's anything to if that will build strength for speed or if we're just yeah. building just strength in the legs just for, for the pounding. I you know, for me, I think it is strength for climbing. Um because because the way the way it sits on your waist, I have I have a tire trainer. Do you? Um I got I got it from Victor. Um um, so if, you know, if you're going to be doing, uh, any kind of mountain race with long climbs and even, even with, uh, where you guys are at, you do have a little bit more uh, climbs than we do in Texas, but you don't have a five or six mile climb, yeah, you know? Yeah. So unfortunately we can do repeats as much as we want on a short hill, but in, in, if you want to get the burn of a sustained climb, 
unfortunately, unless you have incline train incline treadmill like I do or a tire trainer, those are your really only two options. So the tire trainer, uh, based on where it's pulling, it there's a lot of glute engagement, mm-hmm. which is that's right. Oh yes, yeah, is what you need for a climb. And if you're doing it on pavement, which has more friction versus a uh, I think Victor, you tell your story. You guys, you guys aren't familiar, but it's a uh, crushed, crushed limestone. So there's a little bit more give. Definitely not easy, but um, there it is a power building, um, power building exercise. I I don't think it's necessarily building speed. It's probably indirectly because if you have stronger glutes, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have more power. But I think it's more of a strength building and more climbing and building the glutes. If you, so, so Ryan okay. called, or we Monday night. I said, "Hey, let's 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 run." Uh, or Monday morning, I texted him. I said, "Hey, you want to run tomorrow morning?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I took the tire trainer out today." I'm like, "Oh, really?" He he beat me to the punch. And he goes, "Yeah, I ran a ten fifty seven mile." I'm like, "That's pretty good." Yeah, that's pretty good for the first time out with the tire trainer. <laughs> yeah. and we it was a little wet out. We I go out. We out. go out yeah. Tuesday morning, and we do our. What was it? A little over four miles. We had a pretty good. Pretty good moderate clip, pretty good pace. Then we strapped on the tire trainer for a mile. So I'm thinking, oh, he's going to run another 1057 or try and beat it. Shoot, we were pretty smoked and it was dry. He was wet the first time he pulled it, so it made a big difference. Oh, <laughs> it funny. is. Let me tell you, it is misery. But it does seem you know like, yeah, it's, 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 good Lord. You know what you need to do? What? A white claw tire oh and you, yes and you could carry your own white claws with you in the tire <laughs> that's right <laughs> stop Just every quarter mile tire. pop it and go Man, i might have to i might have yeah. to start one of those before yeah. you guys do it oh you beat yeah. us to the punch yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but it's you know i think what it is and 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 if anything you grab from this podcast i, I do want to reinforce that Really, everybody is an experiment of one. Oh yeah, right. And 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 I and I, I have we had Greg on not because I wanted Greg to give people specific workouts. Th- that's not the, the point. But I think the point was, was different. Yeah, exactly. To to really we've we've talked for the last thirty six minutes because we're hoping that people will try something that's out of their comfort zone with an increased effort. There needs to be, now be safely. You don't want to run all of your races or all of your runs right. at the same pace all the time. But I think like just even starting, Greg, once a week, picking one of your days. So let's say you're you're a five-day-a-week runner. One of your days, you have to do something at a, at your, throw a fart lick in there. Warm up for a couple of miles and then all of a sudden, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hard for this amount of time, recover this amount of time, and just do that over and over again. It just to to kind of mix it up a bit and add something that is a little harder effort into your run. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I think everyone could benefit from flexibility in their plan. So mm-hmm. even uh, even if you're even if you have a coach, um, you definitely don't need to be rigid. Even if you don't feel up for a easy run day you know hop on the spin bike hop on the elliptical mm-hmm. hop on the stair climber yep. it's all building aerobic fitness and especially if you're if you're doing mountain races stair climber obviously the benefits are there so it's just uh it's you know listen listen to your body respect your body just don't be afraid to deviate from the plan just a little bit 
you know, you could probably even benefit a little bit from the White Claw mile. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, that that just, throws in a little you know, fun like, factor, right, you know. Right. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's, you know, we're 99% of us are doing this for fun. Right. You know, we're, we're all definitely wanting to get the best out of it, but we still need to keep the perspective, hey, this is okay. You can you can skip one workout and have a little fun. Do this taco, five k. Do this white claw mile. Yeah. You're still running, so I think it's important that for hey, that, I'm, I'm, the same vibe that you're getting, be flexible. I'm telling you, if you want to live to be 27 like me, you have to do these things. I'm just saying. How many know? numbers did you get on that silver right. singles yeah. cruise? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's 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 what I want to know as you were. Did, gone from the podcast for a couple of weeks. Um, as as we talk about this stuff, just adding the speed and mixing it up, I think that's the really the, the 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 kind of moral of this story is mixing it up and getting out of that rut and forcing yourself to do a couple of things where you're increasing that that effort for a longer period of time will pay off dividends in the end. Greg, is there a workout that is kind of your your speed work of choice? for an athlete that you're coaching that's kind of your little like oh you're going to enjoy this he's going to uh, hate me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll say i i really don't have a you know i really don't have a special workout everything yeah. is everything really is out there unless you're strictly a marathoner yeah. Where those workouts, you know, there's Canova, there's Hanson's, they're all right. out there. And you just kind of, kind of need to pick the methodologies that's based, that's best for you. But um, as far as a kind of a benchmark, we, I really kind of lean on Strava where it's like, hey, this is the route that you usually do. Yeah. So you're improving. And this is where we're seeing the gains. So it's not a specific workout. But, you know, it, unfortunately, it's just kind of doing the, um, I guess, it's kind of doing the boring stuff. It's like, okay, this is your workout. This is right. the consistency. You do this same routine day over day or week over week, and you're like, okay, you know, this week you're 30 seconds faster than you were a month ago. And we're not, we're not, you know, you're not specifically aiming to go 30 seconds faster. This is just what it is. Your heart rate is the same. And it's more, um, you know, I, you know, Stra I, I go back to Strava. Strava is not always the best for people, but it is for a coach as far as seeing their progression. Yeah. So I'm a big, I am a big fan of consistency and patient. I don't have any kind of epic workouts where right. we do this, we do this 30 mile run and right. we see where you're at. Now that's, I, I wouldn't do a 30 mile run. I, 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 I'd probably die, but I, I prefer routine over epic, boring over sexy. So, um, I just see, you know, we do, we do a Tuesday, Thursday and a Sunday run on the same trail. And mm -hmm. you can see, you can see the progression for people as they're improving. So I think that's the easiest thing where you're not forcing it. You know, we definitely, um, we can definitely do some time trials yeah. where, you know, we did this one month out and two months out, we do it again. But again, I don't, I don't have any specific sexy workouts. It's just, you got to get a sexy workout to sell those plans. Yeah. Greg. There's, there's, you got to uh, get like the ninja workout. 
where you like throw well, a ninja star, uh, you kick something, there's and two, then you run. There's yeah. two runs I used to hate. I was coached for a, a little while. I hated and, your coach, no, by no, the no, way. No, 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 just leave that out. But it was, it was, <laughs> but a couple runs I hated. One was I told this um, coach to fuck off. Work, working up towards long runs. And we used, uh, it was heart rate training, which yeah. I still mm-hmm. use to this day. But yeah. we used something called base and surge, where base is your typical trail run pace and surge yep. as you move up to uh, typically zone three, maybe bump zone four occasionally. Right. But So base and surge. So we'd work up to a point where it'd be like the assignment for that weekend's long run was, okay, you're going to run five hours. You're going to do 20 minutes of base, three minutes surge, and just keep repeating that for five hours. And you're like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And But you start off, you know, doing that base and surge five miles and eight miles and you work and work and work and work. Next thing you know, you're doing it for 30 miles and you never think you can do it, but you work up to it. Another one I used to hate, and I did it with you as a part of a, a summer running series, yeah. is the good old 5K. That just sucks. Uh, yes. Oh my God. It just yeah. takes it. 5Ks are horrible. Oh they my are. God. Oh my God. But get, it's a good benchmark. I get more nervous yeah. at a 5K than I do yep. any other race because I'm like, there is going to be some six-year-old that's going to mop the floor with me. Yep. <laughs> I mean, a 5K, you ha- I mean, to really, if you're really doing yourself a service, you run it till you damn near puke. Yep. I mean, it's if just- <laughs> you're not at puke threshold, you're not doing it right. Oh, I think that's a, that's a really great point. And I would say, you know, let's put that in your bag of tricks, everybody. Make it your goal this year to run a couple of 5Ks, and I know it's like, 5Ks? I can't put a 5K oh, sticker yeah, on can. my car. Do it. But just run it balls to the wall. You know, just just get ready and just race it And I think you'll hard. want to sign up for that 100 a lot quicker. Exactly, like, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Good good points all the way around. Uh, Greg, what are you looking forward to for yourself running this year? Well, uh, unfortunately, I... Obviously, I didn't get in uh, Hard Rock and Western States lotteries. Yeah, and I did. just missed—I just missed out on the High Lonesome lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will kind of be coming out your way. I think I'm going to do Grindstone 100. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so I had a uh, have a athlete that I coach and also coached under me. She did it last year, and it, it kind of works out where I can get my both my Western States and Hard Rock mm-hmm. qualifiers out of the way in one shot and i've got a lot of pacing gigs for athletes uh until then so it's gonna be uh kind of an easier year last year was um super busy i did cocodona and that's yeah. that was basically three you know that's basically what? three races <laughs> right one. 250 yeah as far as uh the running and money yeah. so uh i need to ease back a little bit this year your rates so are gonna go gonna, up if you run that again yeah, it's gonna be it's it's I've gonna be grind, that. grindstone. I've noticed that West Coast races, yeah, anything that's like 150, 160 miles or more, yeah. It, is it me or well, you're retired and on a fixed income? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's do they? The, do they? <laughs> I mean, to me, they seem high priced, but they. I mean, I don't know what all has to. You go still into that think either. a gallon of milk should be a should be a quarter? It mm. it should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Craig, I mean, when you're paying fifteen hundred bucks for a race, like, good lord, you need a sugar mama. Yeah, right, that's right. Super singles. 
It's yep. one of those gilfs that he met on the Silver Singles Gilf, cruise yeah. that he can start using <laughs> for some of that money. I need some of that. Greg, I really appreciate you taking some time and joining us on the Adventure no, Jogger and giving out some advice. All right, again, as we continue this series of trying to get people inspired to have their best year of running, reminding everybody that they're, they're, everyone's an experiment of one. And so hopefully you get a couple of things from this conversation. First of all, I love that base and surge idea. Yeah. I think it's really good. And I think of the thing when it comes to speed, what I've learned by, by paying the $13 for the Sage Candidate plan, um, bumming off of your yeah. your training plans, talking to various runners, talking to to Greg, is it's just you piece all of it together. Finding and just taking a day and and finding a way to make yourself a little uncomfortable while you're running. That's unfortunately that's part of it. But you got to uh, you got to suffer through the suck. Exactly. You got you got to suffer a little bit to to get those gains and to move just a little bit faster. And I think too, anytime you can, especially when it comes to ultra running. Anytime you can strengthen your legs, anytime you can you can add some tenacity to your soul that you're able to move just a tiny bit quicker as you're hitting that ultra shuffle or delaying that ultra shuffle as long as you can. So yeah, when you're in 100 miles, you're moving just a tiny bit faster. Than that other shuffler. Moving. Exactly. And let me tell you, this is not, they did not give us a dollar for nope. this. That tire thing is no freaking joke. That's that's real deal. <laughs> no freaking joke. And if you want people to drive by you looking at you like you are an alien from another planet. Get yourself a tire. <laughs> I was dragging it through the neighborhood. And, and they're like, what? The looks that I got. Mabel, Mabel, come here. Look at this guy. Dragging look, look the tire this. through the neighborhood. But man, oh man, I'll tell you, from a running standpoint, I have never done a workout where you know 12 minutes and every muscle in my he, legs yeah. was sore you feel it it's interesting and i it just made me have more respect for victor who pulled that dang thing for 100, 100 miles a hundred miles it's crazy but thank you so much for listening as we continue this series of trying to get you in the mindset and give you some ideas to have the best year of running ever for 2022 meet those goals do something awesome Crush your goals this year. And for God's sakes, drink a White Claw. Drink a White Claw and drag a tire. Yeah. <laughs> AdventureJogger.com for back episodes and gear. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.